You're listening to the Liberty News Radio Network, and this is the Political Cesspool. The Political Cesspool, known across the South and worldwide as the South's foremost populist conservative radio program. And here to guide you through the murky waters of the political cesspool is your host, James Edwards. That's as good as it gets, folks. That's as good as it gets right there. That uh, was uh, the late 50s, early 60s doo-wop sound. That is Curtis Lee on lead vocals. That is a production of Phil Spector, and that's why that is one of the very best. That was 1961, number you, seven. How did you know that? Because it was out there on oh, the yeah. <laughs> I could have told you that, actually, but uh, you do. Okay, it was actually on I, I can screen. read. You might be surprised. <laughs> Well, let me tell you what. If you ever want to feel better about what's going on in the world, put in a doo-wop. You had to put a whole uh, a doo-wop all-star team on. Well, and I said, let, let's do like a a basketball team would do at the all-star break, east versus west. You're picking a, a doo-wop all-star hey, what team. We'll, do, we'll be like the, sec, uh, <laughs> the segment we have with Jay, uh, Ryan, every, uh, every so often where he picks out music and he picks out movies and he picks out books and stuff. That he particularly likes. That's right. All right, so give me the doo-wop uh, uh, yeah, all-star yeah. team. I, I, you know, certainly Curtis Lee's Pretty Little Angel Eyes. If you actually listen to that song and you compartmentalize each element of it, his vocals, uh, the wall of sound orchestra behind the behind it all. And, and, and all the feel, vocalists, too. Well, and then the, the doo-wop group, the Halos, are in the background, you know, doing all the doo-wop. That is just a magnificent, that's a masterpiece. And, uh, you know, actually, but I did an appearance on Ethan Ralph's show. Uh, I think it was last Christmas, not this Christmas here last month, but a year ago. Uh, people, <laughs> he has a huge audience there online, and uh, people were saying, you know, doo-wop nationalism, Dell Vikings nationalism. Uh, I, I love James Edwards because he loves Peter Noon. People, by reference. My you know reputation else? preceded me into that audience. They all knew who I liked. You know who else had Wall of Sound and uh, their biggest hits? The Righteous Brothers. Well, yeah, he produced uh, You've Lost yeah, That Loving Feeling, yeah, yeah, so of exactly, course. Exactly, yeah. But, if you but, look at the, um, uh, <laughs> the, the uh, you know, the uh, website or the, the one, uh, you know, YouTube, if you p- uh, put on that, you'll see all of those background singers. And a lot of people say, what are they doing back there? Well, they're the ones who basically gave that song its distinctive sound. And it was, uh, you know, it's still, I think I read somewhere that it was the most uh, most played song of the 60s on, uh, you know, radio. All right. Now, uh, I give you, uh, very quickly, we got to get back to work tonight, <laughs> unfortunately. No, not unfortunately, but I love talking about this too. <clears throat> Pretty Little Angel Eyes. Definitely. Denise, Randy, and the Rainbows, that's on the All-Star team. Uh, Water Fools Fall in Love, Frankie Lyman, 
Shaboom by the Crew Cuts, Come Go With Me, obviously the Dell Vikings. What about Vikings. Uh, Yeah, Ramalama Ding Dong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who, who could forget that one? Little Darling by the Diamonds, Blue Moon, the Marcells at the hop. Danny and the Juniors, we actually had one of the founding members of Danny and the Juniors on this show. We've had so many people on the show that people have forgotten about. Who put it, the bomb? It was basically Northeastern uh, rock and oh, roll it was the, the early ba- It was music's greatest expression. Music's greatest expression. This is coming from a dying the wool southerner. Uh, this is not, uh, you know, uh, that it, it, that's it. Music reached its highest peak during the doo-wop era of the late 50s, early 60s. Uh, uh, at the hop. Well, it was it, such a... Natural expression. Hold on, you're not even It is also a natural expression of musicality. Well, it's a natural expression of the mood of the country at the time. Very optimistic, very homogeneous. And these were just a bunch of guys that would get together on street corners. And, and they, a lot of them were mobbed up. They'd, they'd kill you, too. But they could certainly <laughs> sing like angels. Yeah. Uh, who Put the Bomb by Barry Mann was actually an ode to all of the doo-wop area. A- anything early, Neil Sedaka, Dion, The Four Seasons, I mean, that that that's it. Uh, but, you know, so much of the music in that era certainly focused on, like, Angels, Devil or Angel by Bobby V, uh, Neil Sedaka's Little Devil. Next door to an angel by Neil Sedaka may be the best do-up song of all time. Well, look, they've treated women as – they put them on a pedestal. And, you know, I don't think – if women complain about that, they're not real women. Go listen to Pretty Little Angel Eyes. Yeah. That is a song – you don't hear it on the radio anymore. Even the oldie stations don't play the music that old. Uh, but it's on all of my mixes, yeah. and I will outsing the radio. I'll blast the radio up to full volume, and I'll outsing it. And look, look at how the woman is portrayed. Pretty little angel eyes, and he talks about how he adores her, and you know, beautiful stuff. Does beautiful stuff. Yeah. Well, hey, listen, uh, beautiful show tonight so far too. Now, how about uh, Brother Nathaniel? You know, here's the thing that the audience doesn't see. Brother Nathaniel's in full form. He's going at it uh, after the show. We, you and uh, I and uh, Brother Nathaniel were talking during the break there after the last hour, just having a great time. Look, Brother Nathaniel does a monologue. He has a, you, you'll notice if you go to Real Jew News, his website, it's him talking, <laughs> and that's what he's used to. Our show, on the other hand, is not a monologue. It's a dialogue, and sometimes that causes a little bit of, uh, uh, you know, uh, problems, you know, with, you know, cutting in and stuff like that, but... You know, it's our show. We're going to do it as our as we always do. But on the other hand, Brother Nathaniel is always welcome here because, you know, it gets down to this. Is he willing to tell the truth or is he going to trim his sails? I've never known him to trim his sails. <laughs> well, that's right. And uh, listen, Brother Nathaniel and I go back uh, 15 years. I mean, you were certainly a regular feature by the time he started coming on, but not to the extent that you are now where you're on every week. I mean, back then it was still all intermittent, and uh, we had you and Winston and Eddie and Bill, uh, and it was sort of like – you know, by uh, co-host by uh, committee uh, back fr- then. Fruit of the month club. Well, <laughs> it was co-host by committee. I think Bill took most of the early interviews with Brother Nathaniel along with me. And no, I mean Brother Nathaniel. Like, like I said, I called him up on his cell phone right after I heard that he got canceled by uh, Alex Jones. And uh, you know, it was just like old times. And uh, the thing about Brother Nathaniel is he's not going to back down. He's not going to cave in. He's not going to turn on people. He's going to tell the truth as he sees it, and he's not going to be shut up. Well, and as we always say, you know, I I don't think that we need uh, a black or Jewish guy or any 
minority or woman or transgendered or whatever to sanction our issues or to sanction our ideas. But, you know, when you have a righteous person who is telling the truth, you know, why are we not going to ally with them and partner with them? And he is certainly telling the truth in a way that so many white Gentiles are scared to death to do. Well, see, we're not discriminating against anybody. If you've got the truth, we want it. It reminds me of that biblical passage, and I forget of where it is. It says, Behold, a true Israelite in whom there is no guile. The person they're talking about there is somebody like Brother Nathaniel. Well, ex- absolutely. I mean, he's a great. Guy. I like him. I mean, he's a friend of mine. You know, the, you know, he, he, uh, <laughs> he's to the point, and he's all of that. But well, he, uh, he and I've got a, gotten along for a long time. We talk behind the scenes. Send him a Christmas card every year. I mean, you know, we're in cahoots, no doubt about it. Yeah, he's gonna. Uh, you know, he's always gonna be somebody that you know. I, he hasn't changed in fifteen years. He's the same guy. He's. Uh, he's been wa- so canceled too. I mean, he, he, he's shockproof and waterproof, and he's gonna, you know, be the same guy fifteen years from now if the Lord allows him to uh, live that long. Well, he shared with us tonight. He's the same age as you. You just had a birthday. That's right. Yeah, the seventy-three club. That's right. Yeah, I tell you, me and my brother Nathaniel have something in common. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I think you have more than that, to yeah, be honest with you. I think we you, do, yeah. We, my friend. But, we're uh, on the same side uh, of these issues. You're going to make it to 88 another 15 years? Uh, Lord willing. <laughs> You'll still be sitting in that chair right here next to me. Yeah, with my walker and my oxygen tank. But <laughs> we'll, be in prison. <laughs> we'll be in prison by then, but maybe they'll give us a microphone. But uh, no, no, no. We're going to win by then, I think. I mean, something's going to happen this, this, this year. Brother Nathaniel mentioned it. Uh, something's definitely, you know, something's coming this year. Everybody can see it. It's I don't know if it's a foreboding or it's just something you feel. Uh, th- there, this is going to be a year that's going to change things. Whether well, there's it's a, one more song we should play then. That's Something in the Air by Thunderclap well, Didn't we play that like yeah, last we week? You no, play it every week. No, no, no. Well, every week is just as timely. See, <laughs> this, is, this is the – there is something in the air in 2024, and it's going to unfold, and – you know who knows what it's going to be, but what will be at the very one thing you can say for sure it will be interesting. You know what's going to be interesting? What? The rest of this hour, because yeah, you know, know who's coming up the rest of this hour. Nobody else does. We yeah. we, te- we didn't even tease that. Yeah. Well, we've got the two the the Western world's two most expert uh, spokesmen on Jewish power and influence. And we'll let you guess who number two is after. Uh, well, I mean, he may be number one. Yeah, but I mean, I mean we, we, no, we, they're, we just, two, they're two, two together. They're, right, yeah, they're you tied go. for first. <laughs> we play no favorites here, but I'll tell you this. Uh, I've been talking with Brother Nathaniel for 15 years. The guy we're about to bring to you. Uh, 50 years. Well, more than that. 70 years. I tell you what, his fingerprints are all over my work. Look to him as uh, not only just a friend and a mentor, but he as a guy who's, who's are, been there before the show started. Yeah, I'll put him in the in the camp with yeah, Sam him. Dixon. Him and Sam Dixon were up here fighting for our people back in the '60s. Okay, and, and he's still fighting. No, nobody has a pedigree longer than that. Who's it going to be? We'll tell you when we come back. Stay. Hey there, TPC family. This is James Edwards, your host of the Political Cesspool. Folks, I want you to subscribe to the American Free Press, America's last real newspaper. Against all odds, AFP has and continues to publish a populist, independent print newspaper with an unparalleled track record. Founded by a dedicated group of experienced patriots, AFP pulls no punches and tackles the most controversial and pressing issues facing America from an America First perspective. I've worked with the American Free Press since even before the beginning of TPC. Now that's something. 
You can subscribe to the print edition by visiting AmericanFreePress.net today or simply pick up a handy digital edition subscription. However you do it, subscribe to the American Free Press, America's last real newspaper, by visiting AmericanFreePress.net or by calling 1-88-699-NEWS, AmericanFreePress.net. Why does the left lie constantly? Because they get spiritual power from lying. The lies come from Satan, the father of lies, John 8:44. Here's how the political lying process works. Satan provides the beast with a lie. Then, the more they use the lie, the more they reproduce the lie. The more spiritual power they get. Now look, the media is a lie multiplier. And this multiplication gives more evil spiritual power to the beast. That power protects the cells of the beast from prosecution. Why isn't Hillary in prison? She is protected. We must restore our national relationship with God. Truth is sacred in the kingdom. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. Isaiah 9, 6. A message from Christ Kingdom Ministries. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, back with us now, a man who I met for the first time before this show ever went on the air. If you can believe that, that's a long time ago. It might have been just before months. you were born. <laughs> <laughs> no, it might have been just months before the show went on the air, but it was before the show went on the air, nevertheless. And there's something about this uh, particular guest who the mainstream media, even though he's probably made more media appearances and been covered by the media more than anybody who's ever appeared on this show, uh, they always seem to leave out the most vital aspects of his biography when they introduce him. They never mentioned the fact that he was a former member of the Louisiana State Legislature. They never mentioned that he was the former GOP nominee for United States Senate. They never mentioned that he was the former GOP nominee for governor of Louisiana. They never mentioned he got 1.2 plus million votes uh, for uh, those particular offices. Obviously, I'm talking about David Duke, and he's back with us now. My and friend. you know what we have? We have David Duke. Brother Nathaniel and I are all 73 years old. Is no, that well, right, David? The, uh, are you 73 or We're not going to ask that. We're not going to Yeah, that. I am. He, he's in the right. He's not that cool. I'll tell you what. No, i tell you. That's, that's an interesting coincidence. But nevertheless, my friend, it's great to have you back. Happy New Year. It's been a while since we talked, at least on the air. We talked on the phone a few times this week. But great to have you back. How are you? Yeah, I'm I'm fine, and I had a wonderful conversation with you and and Danny and, uh, and and by the way, I just got off the phone with Jeff Rents. Uh He knows I'm going on with you. He oh, said yes. hi, and uh, so we got some Jeff Rents, very good people. Uh, yeah, another on. fellow fellow traveler, no doubt. He he has you and, in the vineyard. Well, I mean, you're on, uh, of course, every day with your broadcast on the Rents Network, but uh, I know Brother Nathaniel's a regular guest with Rents as well, but I, I would ask very quickly, I, I don't want uh, uh, to stay way, on this. Uh, we'll just, uh, yeah, I was talking, we were talking for an hour and a half. I'm sorry, I got a little congestion, so I hope I keep my voice, but uh, yeah, he's he's doing well, and uh, he really is on board with, with everything we're doing, and it's really amazing um, 
that so many good people around the world are really learning the truth about uh, well, the truth they had in that, that commercial on the, on a minute ago. With the Jewish stuff. No, I think he what? was. I, uh, uh, but, I, I, I think he's come over more and more to our position on the Jewish. I question. think Ritz has always think, was always there, at least as far I as I think I'm he known. always was. But he he knew to keep his network going. He you know he had to limit it to a degree, but now it's so prevalent. You know, and, and that quote in the commercial yes. a little bit earlier was really interesting because, um, and again, we almost never punctuate it properly. So the actual quote reads by Jesus Christ. That's in John. That's John eight forty four, and uh, and by the way, in in that chapter of John, um, that the an eight in the, in an earlier verse, by the way, in the eighth chapter, an earlier verse before this verse. Let me give you the verse, and I'm going to tell you the earlier verse that everybody knows and they hear about when they talk about freedom of speech. But the actual verse reads, of course, "You are of." And this is Jesus Christ talking to the Pharisees. They were the, that was the same Jewish elite that you have today. They had the Sanhedrin, and they always talk about the Sanhedrin effect, and they were talking about certain aspects of communism. They would ask about the Sanhedrin, which, which basically condemned Christ to death. And Christ went to the temple with a bullwhip. And these were the Jewish elite that existed at the time of Christ, who hated Christ, uh, because he came to bring a new message. It wasn't a, a message that they th- thought he was supposed to bring of Jewish supremacism. It was a message of Christ's salvation was available for all people, the Gentiles, all people on earth. And that the Jews had really gone away from the teachings of God. And that's. And by the way, in the Jerusalem Post, they had an article the other day by, by Botich, who was also advocating the murder of the Palestinian people, by the way, in the mass genocide of them. And these people hate Christianity as much as they do anything about the Palestinians or Muslims. In fact, about a third of Palestinians are Christian today. But it, the interesting thing is is that they hate Christians as much. In fact, they actually hate Christians even more than they do Palestinians. And that's the history. But it, So Christ is having a big debate with them. They're calling him a you know, a idolater and evil and all these horrible things. And uh, and so Christ has this big, big fight with them, right? And finally says to them, to the to these people, and right after, well, after it, I'll tell you the punchline that we're not going to get before. But he says, you, and you are of your father, the devil, and the lust of ye father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks according to his own nature, for he is the father of the lie and he's a liar. And when he speaks a lie, he speaks of his own essence. And I tell you something, uh, and by the way, a few verses down after that, it says, and the Jews answered him. Uh, There's 450 passages in the New Testament, according to Mr. Botich and these Jews, and you can read them yourself, folks, if you just open your eyes and read the Bible and read the persecution of Jesus and read the persecution of Christians. It's right there in your New Testament should be right by your night table, by your bed. And anybody 
that quotes the New Testament is liable to be prosecuted and sent to prison. And the fact there's a guy in prison right now in Canada because all he did all he did was quote the New Testament word for word about the Jews and the synagogue of Satan and other quotes. So this is an important way to start the show because right now we're seeing an example of this lie. You know, and the lie is that the Palestinians, right, are not a bunch of terrorists. They've been dispossessed from their own land, just as Jews have led the dispossession of the European people. In every European country, they've opened the gates. In America, they've done it. They've changed their demographics, and they're trying to destroy us. And ironically, I've been hearing these Jews, there are some Jews that are anti-Israel for whatever reason. They might be communists. They're just anti-Israel. And, and Israel was really founded by a bunch of communists, and communism was a Jewish outcry. But the interesting thing is that they always try to say stuff like, well, it's, Israel's an apartheid state. It's not an apartheid state. An apartheid state was what South Africa was meant to be, which was a state where white people would have their, their society, blacks would have their society, and each would have self-determination. But Israel was never an apartheid state. It was a genocide state. It was a state that was based on dispossessing the people of that country by the Jews. Good point. Just as, they, just as they've dispossessed us from our newspapers, our media, our book publishing, our educational academia, just as they dispossessed us from our banking system and the Federal Reserve. This is exactly what they've done to Palestine. And everything they say about Palestine and everything they say about Israel is a big lie. And there's no bigger lie than Christian Zionism. You might as well say Christian Satanism. That's my start of the show. <laughs> well, what a start <laughs> that, uh, to, uh, to you, the... You've got to stop holding back. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> right, where do we go from there, I, I would ask, even after all these years, David. But, yeah, so... Well, it's, well, it's, it's so horrible to right think now. of this. Yeah, the world the way it's going. I mean, and it's well. I mean, with really the, the the, the situation the, with the situation in the Middle East now, going back to obviously October. Now we haven't talked to you since October, uh, and I'm glad we have an opportunity to rectify that right now. But going back to October, that whole situation and moving forward, what do you see? Uh, happening right now in the Middle East. Now, this is obviously a long answer, and we don't have time to get into it this segment, but you can go ahead and give us a teaser. We'll take a break, and then we'll come back and let you continue in the next segment. But going on in the Middle East, from that situation in October, which got such uh, worldwide publicity, to where we are now, dropping bombs on Yemen, what's going on? What's going on is the Jews are getting desperate. They're really losing this war in a lot of ways. They're killing a lot of Palestinians, and that's what they want to do. They want to genocide the Palestinians, and uh, but and they want to just destroy them. But but they're also genociding the European people. You've got to know this. I mean, this is the plain out truth. Genocide means the destruction of one's genes, and the first uh, one of the genocides written about by Ralphio Lemkin was in Ukraine. As you know, I graduated from university in Ukraine with a doctorate in history. And uh, and this is the biggest university in Ukraine. I don't want to talk about all that right now, but we can talk about it another time. But the interesting thing is that um, you, in Ukraine, the Jewish communists killed 7 to 11 million people. That's according to the leading historians of the world. And that was, uh, that was 7 to 11 million. That was mainstream 
uh, history. And these were the communists. It was done by Lazar Kaganovich, the Jewish deputy prime minister of the Soviet Union. Now that's and a greater Jews, number than that's a greater number. And number his sister was Stalin's wife. Then, right? well, that's then a, alleged a by the Holocaust. Number, yeah, yeah, a greater number than the other one we're always uh, told about. Exactly, of course it was, but you don't hear about that. And these were Christians, and there was a, it was mostly women and children because that's who die in the purposeful starvation program. And it was just like Solzhenitsyn, as everybody knows in the show, if you listen to the show with me and you, you know, I used to work with Alexander Solzhenitsyn. I stood by him in the Kremlin when we went over the files of Lenin about Lenin's Jewish family and how Lenin always identified himself. How as about a Jew. that, folks? And it, how about and his, that? And his, and the same thing was with Trotsky's, Trotsky's real name was uh, Lev Bronstein. We'll be back and we can talk about this more. But 6 to 11, these are Christians, but you don't hear about them. And they are genociding. And that's what was written about by Ralph, Ralph uh, Raphael Limpkin, who was the guy that admitted the term genocide. Genocide, guy, the term. You know, this sounds like a guy who uh, hosts his own radio show, David Duke at Rents uh, Radio Network. He knows when the breaks is starting. We'll be right back. Protecting your liberties. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA News, I'm Laura Winters. We begin this Saturday with the nightmare weather conditions in Iowa, snow and freezing temperatures in the state that is literally the center of the political world for the next few days ahead of the caucuses come Monday. All of the Republican candidates busy campaigning despite the weather conditions. Nikki Haley telling reporters. This is an unbelievable amount of snow, um, but we are going to continue to try and touch as many people as we can. I was shocked at how many people were willing to come, uh, given how much snow's on the ground, uh, but I'm going to use every minute I can to be able to, to win votes. And Florida Governor Ron DeSantis saying. We have a lot of people that we have signed up to commit to for us over many months. I think they're motivated, they're passionate, and they're going to show up. What about the broader electorate? I just don't know, uh, but I'm confident our people are going to come out strong. In other news, President Biden calling the strikes against the Houthi rebels in Yemen a success. The president on a campaign stop at a school in Allentown, Pennsylvania. The DOD Department of Defense says to expect some sort of Houthi rebel retaliation. But the group, which is backed by Iran, has been attacking ships in the Red Sea for months now. The Biden administration, along with military partners in Britain, finally carrying out massive strikes in Yemen. I would hope that they don't retaliate but we're prepared in the event that they do. Lieutenant General Douglas Sims at a Pentagon press conference late Friday afternoon. The hope would be that any real thought of retaliation is based on a clear understanding that, uh, you know, we, we simply are not going to be uh, messed with here. This is uh, this is all about creating freedom of navigation for the for the international shipping. And if you're wondering where is Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin, he remains at Walter Reed Medical Center being treated for complications related to prostate cancer surgery. This is USA News. Omaha Steaks is rewriting the book on burgers with an all-new handmade texture for the juiciest home-style burgers you've ever tasted. Their pure ground burgers are made from single cuts of real aged Omaha Steaks. These are truly steaks on a bun. 
filet mignon, ribeye, New York strip, sirloin, and even brisket burgers. Now is the time to experience the exclusive Burger Perfection Flight for just $79.99. Go to omahasteaks.com and use promo code TREAT at checkout to get an extra $20 off your order plus free shipping. You'll get four of each pure ground burger so you can sample all the steak-on-a-bun greatness. These burgers are crafted for a juicier, more tender experience, making your mouth water with every single bite. Don't wait. Go to omahasteaks.com. Use promo code TREAT at checkout and get $20 off the Burger Perfection Flight and discover your new burger obsession. Minimum order may be required. Hello, TPC family. It's James, and I've got to tell you that I sleep better at night knowing that there are organizations like the Conservative Citizens Foundation. The purpose of the Conservative Citizens Foundation is to promote the principles of limited government, individual liberty, equality before the law, property rights, law and order, judicial restraint, and states' rights, while at the same time exploring the dangers posed by liberalism to our national interests and cultural institutions. The Conservative Citizens Foundation also seeks to educate the public on the dangers of extremist ideologies like critical race theory and cultural Marxism. I've worked with the good people at the Conservative Citizens Foundation for many years, and their work comes with my complete endorsement. For more information and to keep up with all the latest conservative news headlines, please check out their website, MericaFirst.com. That's M-E-R-I-C-A-1-S-T dot com, MericaFirst.com. Antelope Hill Publishing is America's leading publisher of dissident books, bringing you a wide variety of new translations and original works on every subject from the Spanish Civil War to the funding behind the transgender movement. Antelope Hill publishes books that mainstream publishers won't touch, full of information that challenges the political status quo and brings real culture to the reading public at an affordable price. If you count yourself as a political dissident, then you owe it to yourself to check out the Antelope Hill catalog with exclusive offerings like Rebel Mountain by Kurt Eggers, a brand new reprint of the infamous You Gentiles by Marie Samuel, and now the treatise of a January 6th prisoner in the American regime... There is something there for everyone, and new titles are added every month. Check out the complete catalog today at antelopehillpublishing.com. That's antelopehillpublishing.com. I'm James Edwards, and I want you to check out antelopehillpublishing.com. All right, everybody, welcome back. Uh, I've got to say, I've got to take a point of personal privilege here. I have been attacked uh, so many times in the media. Uh, so many reporters, so-called reporters and so-called journalists, mind you, have said, uh, you know, we're writing this piece on you, and we want to know about why you've had David Duke on the show so many times, as if interviewing him alone is enough to disparage me. And I said, you know, yes, I have had him on the show a lot, but I, I want to be clear about something, and I want to be sure you include this in your story you're about to write. Don't just write that I've interviewed him a, a lot of times. Write that he's a close personal friend, that he's a member <laughs> of the family, that we have been in each other's homes, that we've gone on vacation together, and that I consider him part of my family. I said, be sure to put that in your story. And actually, David, I, I, the only reason I bring that up, well, I, I like to bring that up, but the reason I bring it up right now is that uh, somebody came with me to the studio tonight. She just walked into the studio. She's been out in the 
in the uh, in in the uh, entryway. But uh, she wants to say hello to you. My wife wants to say hello. Hey, oh, David. Oh, great. Hey, Danny. How are you? I can't hear because James didn't share in the. Yeah, I have the I have the uh, the headset. But y'all just had a fantastic conversation. What a night or two ago about health. Yeah. And she ordered you something on Amazon very quickly. Tell tell them what it is. Well, it was a surprise. Oh, it's a surprise. I can't tell you. But well, you I think I know what it is, but uh, yeah, thanks. <laughs> All right. So she wanted to say hello, just a very quick hello, and she said it. And uh, we'll, well see thank you, you so the- much, dear. You're, you're, just, you're a wonderful lady, and you're such a lucky guy. James, uh, no doubt about it. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what he said. She doesn't have the headset. Keith has the other headset here in the studio. You're a lovely lady, and I'm such a lucky guy. And I can't deny it. <laughs> I said you are. No doubt about she's, it. All well, right. Who else would put up with it? <laughs> she's modest, too. Modest, I know. Too. This week we've had strep throat, and you've been a little grouchy. Yeah, I've been a little grouchy. But he did give me the gift of strep throat. So. Yeah, I passed it on. How you, how you doing, James? You still fasting? Uh, well, I mean, you know what? I said we'd make it seven days. <laughs> well, I bet it almost seven days. Look, well, like that's seven, good. Well, six days is a long time for fast. You've done just about exactly seven. It's been more. Well, Keith took me to Baby Jack's tomorrow. barbecue tonight. Yeah, what? that's right. Well, yeah, that's, well, that's, well, that's okay. No, you did seven. You did seven days of fasting. That's fine. You, you didn't have to wait for tomorrow. Sometimes we do whole days, but that's fine. That's seven days. All right. Well, if, he, if Dr. David Duke is rounding it up for me, I'm going to call it. A you don't have to do it till the morning. You were supposed to be. <laughs> we've talked about you doing till morning, but you technically did seven full days. He well, did seven if days. If David Duke folks. passes out, if David Duke passes out, then we'll know that seven is too much. No, no, no he ain't no, da- David just did eleven. James I just did eleven so the other good. day. I'm so proud that he stuck with it. I, I actually was really, really shocked that he was able to. Hold on to it. Uh, How do you feel? How do you feel about it? Do you feel good? I feel feel fantastic. I've lost a lot of weight. You shouldn't have eaten so much, so you need to kind of eat something and then wait about an hour. But you did okay. You're a healthy guy. But some people can have sometimes a problem if you eat too much too quickly. It's actually... but anyway, okay. we're digressing now. Well, Danny walked but in the studio and it. everything went to pot, but uh, no, it, it only got better. I, I'm just kidding. But well, anyway, uh, well, like it just that goes to show the, the fact that we're all, family, we're all family here. We've been in, we, we go swimming. Uh, we've been to the ocean. We've been everywhere. Uh, we, we've been done go Yeah, we were checking each other's breath holding under the, under the water. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. You were like Mr. Ray in the Finding Nemo movie, teaching all of our kids how to hold their breath. And uh, Anyway, so many stories we could tell, but work must intrude tonight. How many minutes already, did I keep my breath uh, that day? I don't even remember. That's a very important I, well, At point. least tw- 15, 20, something like that. No. <laughs> no it was, I think, it was, I think it, I was doing it, good it, that day. I think I did pearls. about three and a half, four minutes, something like that. Something like that. Something. No, it was, I, I'll never forget that day. Like I said, one day. It was really sweet. Go ahead, Dave. It was really sweet watching all the kids circled around David and him giving him a lesson on holding your breath. And- all right, so if people don't know what we're talking about, we do really have to get back to work here, but yeah, uh, we do we, we're on a uh, family vacation. We're going to do a long show in a couple uh, with, of weeks, though, uh, right? You got that arranged yet? We'll we're absolutely people. right. An evening with David Duke. It's coming up. That's absolutely right. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll tease that. Yeah, when can but they it was expect a family that? Vacation. Because they'll be, they'll be waiting Before for it. The they'll the be demanding it. <laughs> Before the end of the month. But uh, now, Before listen, the the month, that's we, we were on vacation. With a uh, friend, uh, a family friend, uh, another family who were friends of ours, and, and we all went to the beach. So it was my kids and their kids, and David was 
teaching them how to hold their breath in the ocean. It was a you know, wonderful thing. It was really sweet. All right. They so came anyway. more than 1,000 miles to be with us. That's absolutely yeah, – well, yeah, yeah almost 2,000. I mean, uh, that particular family, you and I are Southerners and still Southerners, but – Sunbathed with David Duke. Uh, well, we've done. Listen, it's a fantastic. Listen, this is what I say. This is the thing, David. This is the point. I think this is the point I want to yeah. make in this this whole thing. And this was all spontaneous. I didn't know Dana was going to walk in, but once she did, she said she wanted to say hi to you. How could I uh, not let her? But the thing is, if someone proves their worth to you as a man, if someone proves to be honorable, steadfast, loyal, a true friend. How, and accurate and truthful. All of that. Well, I mean, everything that he's given us in terms of politics is is you know that that that's fantastic, but notwithstanding, how do you betray a brother? You know, and that's the thing that I think has decimated our race, David. Is that so many people are willing to betray one another uh, to uh, find favor with the left, to find favor with their oppressors? I mean, I didn't intend to get into this this segment, but let's cover it very quickly. Well, let me just say this before you get into that. You say, how can you uh, betray a brother? The real question is, out there, how can they stop betraying their brother? All right, go, go with that very quickly. Because to me, if some, come hell or high water, if someone has proven themselves to me to be a man of honor and someone who is a friend and someone who is there, I, I just I don't care what it costs me. I'm not going to give up on that guy. I'm not going to just say, oh, yeah, I disavow. I'm not going to do that. Rather than throwing him do, under the bus, you say he's a member of my family. Exactly. There you go. David? Well, first of all, we have to understand that Christ – did teach love, peace, friendship, love thy neighbor as thyself, this type of thing. But Christ was no pushover. I mean, he went into the Jewish synagogue, in fact, the temple in Jerusalem, and he took a cat of nine tails, a quarter of many strands, and he drove these money-changing Jewish violators of the values of God. He drove them out of the temple physically. Now, I guarantee you that this kind of shows you, in fact, that's the only violence we ever saw Christ commit, even though I think Christ would just as ardently try to, you know, to punish or to get rid of somebody that was a pedophile trying to hurt an innocent child or anybody else that would do that. Uh, But he did believe in forgiveness, but he also believed in doing what was right. When the adulterous woman came, he said, okay, Fine, we'll forgive you for your sin, but you must sin no more. And the interesting thing is he brought salvation to all of us. And I like to remember the fact that he didn't say don't stand up for the right and don't defend your family, don't defend your your people if need be, if you're invaded or you're harmed. At the same time, you've got to keep something in your heart. And you have to also treat people around you, especially the people close to you with love and forgiveness. And that's the hardest thing of all, because how many families are driven apart by hatred between them, bitterness between them, sometimes even fratricide, uh, things like that. It's just unbelievable to think about. And, and I think Christ reminds us that the way to victory, including conserving our own people, is if we've got family members who don't even agree with us, don't stop loving them. You can keep, you can keep talking to them, you could definitely show them your love and your concern, and the way you treat them should be fair. And you should try to always stay friends with them, even if they disagree with you. 
at the same time you have an obligation to help them to the truth, but not haughtily or uh, oppressively and demand, you know, my way or the highway. But those who are close to you, you know, you keep that sense of love. And that's what I think he was talking about. Obviously, you can't love everybody in a sense, or you could not love anybody because without loving certain people a lot more like your children, obviously, you know, you have to put your child first over any other child exactly, at the same time. Exactly. You could try to save That's the, the whole thing with regards to immigration and all of this. You don't yeah. hate other people and other cultures and other races, mm-hmm. but you can't. You, you liken it to your neighborhood. Sure. Not everybody in your neighborhood can come in your house and eat your groceries and, and take <laughs> take away your resources that you're, you're providing. Or sell your kids. Equality is a great lie. Exactly. Or give your kids drugs or try to or try to rape your little boy or little girl. Oh, yeah. That Jesus would have been happy with that, right? Obviously, Jesus would have opposed that. He opposed any kind of uh, sin, uh, any kind of immorality. And I, but I think, but he really did cherish was life, and he cherished the ideas of life. And the difference uh, with Christ was he was a little bit different than the uh, Ten Commandments because the way that Jews got away with being so murderous to other people and, and genocidal. They interpreted the Ten Commandments as uh, just simply for your own countrymen. And Jesus said that, you know, we're supposed to treat all people uh, kindly. We're supposed to treat all people justly. And, you know, you can defend your own heritage and preserve your own land and traditions. And I think every people on earth want to do that without trying to hurt or kill people. Now, people try to invade you. You've got every right to resist. If people try to take over your country and bring your country into the Un, un, unworthiness that we have right in this country, the destruction, I mean, destroying our, our, our children, even the institution of marriage, and destroying everything, and getting us into wars that are based on lies and killing people all over the world. Somebody was talking to me today, and we were talking about the situation in the Middle East and uh, what's going on in Gaza and the rest of it, right? So, and somebody was talking about how, oh, the Jews are just defending themselves from the Palestinians. No. The, and, and they said, what would you do? And they were talking about radical Muslims. There have been radical Muslims that were around the world. And they said, what, you know, would Jews go around the world killing people? Well, they do. They control America. They, they let us into the Iraq War. They let us into the Second World they, War. They let us into the First World War. They led us into communism. Led a lot of Europe into communism. They killed 20, 30 million people. They, you know, I mean, they, they lead us into wars all the time. All right, David, would you yeah. consider would you consider America to be Israel's yeah. golem or the, or the controlled Jewish community's golem? I think that's a good way to put it. Yeah, we are the golem. It's it's the mythical Jewish monster that they use to kill other people. But here's the situation. The ironic thing about all this is that people got to open their eyes. Uh, what they're doing to the Palestinians, we should be every American who's for justice and truth should not be on the side of these evil anti-Christian, Jewish, insanity people who are, who are trying to overthrow Christianity. They want to turn us all into Noahide Jews. That is, that we don't follow Jesus Christ because under Noahide laws, and that's what they believe when they're going to conquer the world, is that they all have to uh, not be a Christian. If you're a Christian, you deserve death. That's what Noahide laws really are. And you can't have adultery. They consider Christ an adultery. The Jewish Talmud says that Christ was evil, and that he didn't, he wasn't resurrected by God. He actually 
was resurrected by Jewish evil magicians who are now torturing for all him all of eternity by boiling him in human excrement. excrement. And that may sound terrible and so horrible for me to say, but that's the truth, folks. That's really what the Talmud says. Read Jesus in the Talmud. Go, Keith. The Christian fundamentalists have you believe that there's some type of spiritual and scriptural link between Christians and Jews? Look, well, that's ridiculous that because the Talmud, the Talmud well, is it. Not, it's not the, the Talmud it's not is satanic. The, the Talmud satanic and it's antichrist in every sense. And the New Testament makes it very clear. They talk about the synagogue of Satan. They talk about the coming of the antichrist that may come. That's a warning, though. It's not saying that he's got to come for, for Christ to save the world. There's nothing that says he's got to come for Christ to save the world because God and Jesus Christ can do whatever he wants to do whenever he wants to do it. And I believe that God and Jesus Christ would certainly, as a Christian, I have to believe this because I believe that God is our father and he cares about innocent children being murdered by the millions by the Antichrist and raped and pedophilia and all the other things that so many of these Jewish corrupt people are are creating in our society today. And so the idea of that whole talking about the Antichrist coming, it was a warning. That's what prophecies are. They're warnings that if we don't follow the word of, of God, that this will be our fate and that there'll be billions of children raped and murdered. I know that Jesus Christ, in my heart as a Christian, and from what I read the scripture, that if we ask Jesus Christ sincerely and God to save our people and save our children and save this world and not have billions of people killed by the Antichrist, I know he doesn't have to have billions of people killed to come back and save us and have them endure that pain. And I do believe in an afterlife. I do believe in eternal life that Christ and God gives us. But I also know he also gave us real life. And if anybody thinks that Jesus Christ is not sympathetic to human suffering, for my God, have you read a single word that he's written in the New Testament, that he said and spoken and written about in the New Testament? There's all sorts of things that talk about life and how you make your body like the temple of, of God. Jesus Christ not only believes in the afterlife, he believes in a good, healthy, and beautiful this life, and he certainly opposes any sort of murder of children. There I go again. I was preaching to you the other night. Uh, I, no, no, but, you know, I, I got to tell you, I got to <laughs> thank you for saying that. I got to tell you, I, I talked to David for a long time earlier this week, and then uh, he called me a couple of nights ago. I missed his call. I called him back, and he went straight into this sermon. <laughs> I just put it on speakerphone, and I was saying, if the if a Southern Baptist preacher had this this moxie had this message, you know, the Christians would be more than what they are now. The only and, one I can think of that's even close is Chuck Baldwin. Yeah, well, you know, and Chuck was on with us last month. He's going to be on with us again. But, David, I, I, wrote, uh, I, I wrote our archive notes in advance of the show, as I normally do, anticipating right. what we'll cover with the guests. And, and so I, I want to ask you this so we can make the archive notes true, that we're going to talk about the situation in Yemen uh, this hour. Yeah. So uh, with a few minutes remaining tonight, and by the way, folks, I mean, if you don't know how to reach this man, I don't know where you've been, but DavidDuke.com, DavidDuke.com, DavidDuke.com. But Yemen, I mean... Uh, Even third, Joe Biden knows about David Duke. <laughs> well, everybody knows David Duke. There has not been a, a man alive today more maligned by the system than this guest, my friend, right now. And I'm honored to know him. And I'm honored to call him a friend. But, uh, David, the situation in the Middle East has exacerbated 
even in the early days of 2024. What's going on in Yemen? What do you make of it? I'll say that to you, and I'll preface that with one word. You know, we talked about John 8, 44, and in that, in that chapter, in those verses, a few verses earlier, Jesus Christ said it this way, I may be oppressed, I may be silenced by the media, and all those things. But you know what it says in, in John, just a few verses before John 8, 44, it says a few verses earlier than that, it says, you shall know the truth, and the tr- truth shall set, your, set you free. So all my life, folks, I've been a free man because I've never shielded myself or stopped from fighting for the truth. Now, as far as the truth is about Yemen, they're saying this is a proxy war for Iran. One more big, giant Jewish war. Doesn't not, is, there, is there anybody in this country that doesn't realize yet that the war in Iraq was based on Jewish lies? Jewish power structure in our State Department, Jewish power structure in our media that told us to go fight and die, Americans to go die in a proxy war for Jews. But it wasn't Jewish soldiers that were dying in America. They're the least representative of any race percentage-wise and proportionally to any other race in the world. They don't fight in these wars. The First World War is a proxy war for Jews to try to destroy Russia and the Christian Tsar so Jewish communists could take over. The Second World War was a proxy war for, against Germany, where even in the Daily Mail in Britain had a big headline, Judea, world Judea, world Jews, the world united to get into a war, to make a war against Germany. But it wasn't the Jews who fought in that war. It was the Goyim. It was the Christians who were murdered on both sides they, in they that like war. They like to say, uh, I and, believe, David. Uh, Christians let, fighting Christians. Uh, yeah, let's you right. and him fight, okay? They're, right. they're, they're experts in what uh, argument. The Vietnam War was no— we didn't need to be in a foreign Asian war in Vietnam. It didn't free us at all. It was America that was under was being destroyed by the Jewish takeover. We didn't. We shouldn't have been in Vietnam. This was a war also because they knew at that time, believe it or not, they knew that the Russians were in the process of overthrowing the Jews in in the Soviet Union, and that they would eventually overthrow it completely, which they did without our help. By the way, when when it was a communist country, it was a favored nation status. But then when in the 1950s and 60s, they realized that the Russians were rising to power. So at that point, they made Russia our enemy. And then, you know, after Vietnam, all these wars in the Middle East. No, the truth is that Americans have been fighting and dying. And how much did the Iraq war cost us? Three or four trillion dollars? You know, the reason why we have massive homelessness in this country, the reason why our medical care system is destroying is because of Jewish power. They've destroyed our health. They, 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 they've repressed any lots of cures for cancer and other diseases. They've made us all sick. And they, we have more disease and more death today from man-made decisions or diseases that were created by these Jewish major media advertising and so forth, these terrible David, diets. Isn't it a hopeful sign, though, David, that white males are not joining the military they're not going to be well we, we you know i gotta say keith fantastic point uh paul Craig roberts just did an article about that about uh, how uh, well, they're smart not to partic- yeah plummeting david we have two minutes remaining I, somebody just so let me just yell yeah, the, the yemen thing so here's the situation the, the the yemen war is killing these people the reason why we don't tell me about firing on ships or stopping ships. What do you think America's done? What's the sanctions they're doing against Russia, stopping ships in the high sea? Stealing ships from other countries. And they would bomb them to hell. 
if, if, if that's the only thing they could do about it. These are, are people trying to stop the slaughter of tens of thousands and maiming of children. And this is being Women and old men. Know, and old, that's exactly right, folks. And this is evil. And this is this is so damned evil. And this is and the proxy wars have been going on by Israel all these times. And these are wars against America. And and they're not only gone to war against these other countries like they want to go to war against Russia. They're killing hundreds of thousands of Ukrainians in a war that they're not fighting. They left Ukraine as soon as they got the war going. They also killed 14,000, the Jewish government of Ukraine, before ever Putin came in to try to save the people of Ukraine from this Jewish government that was destroying them. And they're doing the same thing in the Middle East. They're doing the same thing all over the world. And they're they're coming close to a world war. Folks, you got to uh, wake up. Go, yeah. So, 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 well, I, I, I'll just mention very quickly, somebody just sent an email. Nobody else has the balls to have David Duke and Brother Nathaniel on the same show. I would say don't forget we had Augustus Invictus on the same show, too. All of them tonight, truth tellers all. David, uh, seconds remaining, davidduke.com, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, but uh, how likely is this over the course of this year to expand from a regional to uh, a world war with what's going on in the Middle East? And now, well, there's always a going to get involved. Well, that's that's like a subject we take an hour on. But there's, there's always a chance it's going to happen, and I hope and pray it doesn't happen. Because if it does really happen, and nuclear weapons are unleashed, um, this is the end of. Christianity for the most part, that's why most of Christians are in the world. That's the end of white people in the world uh, and all the beauty and the art and literature and music and architecture. And by the way, I don't hate or despise any other race. I don't even hate and despise Jews, but I certainly despise and I work against these evil Jewish oligarchs that control our media, that control our banking, and they're not just an enemy of the people in Yemen today. It's the same enemy we face because they are the ones that are orchestrating our demise yeah, in America. Let, let me just say this, too. In addition to banking and these wars, the other thing they love to get involved in economically is vice. All this pornography, all the gambling, sports oh, yeah. gambling stuff. They love that because it's a twofer. They can both make money at it and corrupt the morals of the going. You, know you know how much suffering that they've caused to children by making sports betting available to everybody. Some people can do it without using some of that money that they should be going for their kids' good diet and the roof over their heads. But obviously there's an addiction that goes along with it, and this is one more example of the Jewish influence, and the gambling industry is completely controlled by Jews, just like porn is controlled by Jews, just like the Federal Reserve is controlled by Jews. (laughs) Now we're talking. We're out of time. DavidDuke.com. Uh, folks, we're going to have another interview, as David foreshadowed, uh, maybe a little more autobiographical in nature. But, uh, folks, Let's you need do it within two David weeks, Duke. baby. Because we're, we're, uh, we're going to do it. We're going to do it. Uh, but I'll, I'll, I'll tell you this. A few have trod the sod that he has, and a few have paid the price, and we are thankful for him. He's the gone example to jail. He's, he's been uh, called everything except the child of God, and he keeps on keeping on. Well, that's right. If we had more men like him, we wouldn't be in the position that we're in, and I'm proud to call him a friend. Proud to call all the guys we've had on tonight a friend. Uh, we'll be back with you next week. Good night and God bless. Godspeed. Godspeed.